Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. David Allen Holmes has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like David. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, March 28th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From the shores of Lake Merritt, I'm Justin Robert Young. (laughs) And uh, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Roger was was hanging out on the shores of Lake Merritt there for a second. Yeah. He was. I wish. It's so nice. (laughs) I know. Uh, We are going to discuss the uh, report out of the UK on uh, vulnerabilities in Huawei's networking gear. Always good to point out we're talking about Huawei's telecom networking gear. We're not talking about Huawei's phone. Um, But let's start with a few tech things you should know. Sony chairman Kazuo Okazurai has announced his retirement after stepping down as CEO a little more than a year ago, at the time passing the torch on to Kenichiro Yoshida. Harai will leave his chairman role on June 18th, but will continue to act as an occasional senior advisor for the company when Sony wants him to. Twitter announced Thursday it's expanding its dark mode options for iOS users. Twitter is now gaining a lights out option as well as an automatic dark mode in addition to its blue dark gray mode. Twitter previously called its dark theme night mode. It's now dubbed dark mode with some new icons as well. Twitter a la mode. Apple released watchOS 5.2, a free update that expands the availability of the electrocardiogram app to 19 European countries, as well as Hong Kong. The update also adds support for the second generation AirPods, letting them be used with the Apple Watch and supports real-time text or RTT for phone calls. Let's talk a little bit more about something that confuses me about Skype. (laughs) CNET reports Skype users are seeing notifications that Cortana will no longer be supported in Skype after April 30th. That leaves Amazon voice services, which Skype announced back in November as the sole option. Skype users have a link to their Amazon accounts to take advantage of that. And Twitter user Florian Boob. Boobois saw a offer for 200 free minutes on Skype for users who did connect their Amazon accounts. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you, Tom. What in the heck? Yeah. I, I mean, 
my my take on this for a long time has been Microsoft is saying, look, Cortana is good at a lot of things. We'll use it for those, but we'll also open the platform to anybody who wants to play in our sandbox. And Amazon has been willing to play in that sandbox in ways that Google has not. But taking Cortana out of Skype seems to be more retreating, saying, well, Cortana is not good at that, which i got to be fair. I didn't use Cortana in Skype, so maybe that is something where like, hey, nobody's using it. Might as well reverse it. And you do have to take action if you want to use Amazon Voice. You you have to go and link your Skype account. It's not just going to show up. It's not built in, whereas Cortana was built in. So I don't know if this is more of a damnation of voice activation in Skype just isn't needed. And so for those who do, they'll, they'll take the action to link up Amazon and no need to complicate things and support Cortana, which is a new take for Skype. They've been trying to simplify after they, they, they made some wrong steps that the, the user base didn't really love. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Two options for you. Number one, they did want to streamline the app and having two voice assistants for whatever reason, programming wise became complicated or, Maybe this is a behind the scenes deal with Microsoft and Amazon that Amazon says, hey, look, we would like uh, uh, our voice services to be the only voice assistant in this and uh, maybe uh, uh, increase its footprint for their voice assistants to be able to ring people up on. You think it's pay to not play? I think it's I mean, it might be uh, there's there's I'll pay you for Cortana not to play there anymore. Well, yeah, uh, basically that that it's, uh, you know, uh, we, we've seen deals mm. being done to keep certain search engines as defaults for for browsers and stuff like that. This would be a similar version. I'm going to call that low probability, but not no probability. Spotify is testing a new subscription offering called Premium Duo for two people who live at the same address. Therein lies the rub. A single premium Spotify subscription costs 9.99 euros per subscriber and a family plan for up to 6 people costs 14.99 euros. The premium duo for 2 people splits that difference and costs 12 euros and 49 cents. 49 cents I don't know, whatever Euro cents are. There's it some. also includes Duo Mix, an automatically generated playlist of music it thinks both members would enjoy. Premium Duo is being tested in Colombia, Chile, Denmark, Ireland, and Poland. And I, for one, as an Apple Music subscriber, am becoming to get a little bit jealous because Spotify has all these cool perks that are happening these days. I agree with you. I'm not only uh, am I an Apple Music subscriber, but I'm in a a blended household with my wife being a Spotify user. And uh, I don't know. There are times when we put on you know music on a, a Saturday or Sunday morning, and I wouldn't mind having an algorithmically selected double playlist uh, that knows what we both like. Yeah. I, I am a Google Play Music subscriber. My wife is no. a Spotify subscriber, and we meet with a family plan for Apple Music. So this could eliminate that, right? If I if I switch to be the family plan on Spotify, I am very curious what their algorithm would do to try to create a mix that would satisfy both of us. Because right now it's driver's choice in the car. <laughs> yeah, it could be it could be disastrous, but it could also be like, oh yeah, my wife does love the song. Here it is, even though yeah. I might not have put it on myself. So yeah, d- it definitely depends on 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 how it rolls out. But it's gonna save you money. I think both of you might want to consider that as an option. Well, certainly, and, and if and if I lived in Colombia, Chile, Denmark, Ireland, or Poland, I would get on this immediately. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm I'm very excited to to see it because I, I'll say this: I like Apple Music. 
I liked it better when they got exclusives. It's been a little while since they had one of those exclusive albums that uh, uh, nobody else had for a week or so. Uh, without that, I don't know how much better that product is compared to Spotify because everyone I know that has Spotify seems to enjoy it. I mean, honestly, and I, I pay more attention to streaming services maybe than the average person because I love them. They're the same. Yeah, there's some exclusives. Yeah, there's a little bit of a UI you know, differentiation mm-hmm. based on what OS you're using and, and that, this and that. But for the most part... They have all the same music. So it really comes down to the the extra perks, which is, I think, goes back to this Spotify story is, okay, well, you know, when you're looking at two things that are more or less the same, you you know, you want to listen to your Ariana Grande album, but there's some other stuff going on there. Then you you end up going with a certain service. Well, but that's also the thing is that Spotify seems to be better at, I don't know what to listen to. What should I listen to? Boom. There's a million different ways to get you into it. Sarah's saying, break up with your streaming service because you're bored. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development filed charges against Facebook for housing discrimination in its ad targeting system. HUD Secretary Ben Carson said in a statement, using a computer to limit a person's housing choices can be just as discriminatory as slamming a door in someone's face. In 2016, ProPublica reported that an ethnic affinities tool could be used by advertisers on Facebook to exclude black or Hispanic users, among others, from seeing specific ads, which could violate federal law if it affected housing or employment information. Now, The Verge notes that the HUD complaint seems to take issue not just with that filtering, which Facebook has changed so that you can't do that anymore, but with ad optimization itself. HUD wrote in the complaint, even if an advertiser tries to target an audience that broadly spans protected class groups, Facebook's ad delivery system will not show the ad to a diverse audience if the system considers users with particular characteristics most likely to engage with the ad. So they're describing the algorithm that says, okay, we've got your preferences, advertiser. Now we're going to use our algorithm to figure out who to show this ad to. And HUD is saying that is discriminatory, not just what the advertiser selected, but the way you're deciding to deliver the ads. Facebook told The Verge, HUD... Facebook told The Verge that it had been cooperating with HUD and trying to solve this, but said HUD insisted on access to sensitive information like user data without adequate safeguards. A little pot calling the kettle black there. Uh, HUD General Counsel Paul Compton told The Verge, just because a process to deliver advertising is opaque and complex doesn't mean that it exempts Facebook and others from our scrutiny and the law of the land. Mm, This is a very interesting story. And I am personally tickled pink by the fact that Ben Carson is involved in it because I find him to be a very, uh, a, a very interesting and funny guy. He's a doctor, on. right? If, dentist? Is that right? He's he's a doctor. He's a and doctor. Uh, doctor. Okay. Uh, there's a movie that was made about his life starring Cuba Gooding Jr. Watch it. All right. Uh, this is a, a, a very, very interesting story in that there is a larger question about how biased an algorithm can be and ultimately what hud is taking uh, exception with is that it doesn't matter whether or not you are taking away these certain things that absolutely would discriminate Mm -hmm. you are by the process of selectively showing this to some people discriminating and and i i almost wonder whether or not either a the HUD needs to take a look at their anti-discrimination laws and say, okay, well, we need to figure out a way to play in this ecosystem or whether or not these kinds of advertisements will ever be able to be on a a, a selective platform like Facebook. 
the really interesting thing about this to me is we're talking about housing ads, right? We're not talking about all ads. We're saying, look, there are laws in the United States that say you can't advertise your house for sale only to certain ethnicities or only to certain classes of people or only to certain zip codes. Uh, and the rest of the time when you're advertising, it may be distasteful to say, hey, I only want to advertise this to a certain ethnicity. Or it may be that, like, you know, I don't want to spend money advertising this to an ethnicity that's not going to be interested in it, right? So so there's shades of gray with other advertising. And Facebook has taken the position of, like, you know what, we're just going to eliminate a lot of these things, even if they're useful in some cases, because they're too often controversial. So they got rid of, of a lot of the ethnic targeting altogether. But in housing... They're still doing just normal ad optimization, which is like one of the cool things on the Internet is we can figure out how to make your ad have the best punch. So only the people that are most likely to respond to it, respond to it. And the law is saying, no, you shouldn't do that because the most likely people to respond to a housing ad might not be the wide number of people that we need to see it. Uh, and there there might be just that built in unconscious bias into the algorithm. So you shouldn't do that. I think that's an interesting argument. Plays into our conversation from yesterday, too, about how much should AI resemble a human mind and how much should the right. human mind be written right out of it? And I think in this case, it's a very gray area because, sure, if you look at data on a piece of paper, you kind of go like, oh, OK, I see where this might have gone. But we as humans say, but that's not appropriate. Yeah, these are also about the laws as well. Uh, uh, and I, I almost wonder whether or not there is a further conversation to be had about the HUD laws. Well, whether, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're actually having our, guess a really good point. Our conversation is saying, this is the law. How do these algorithms, uh, pertain to it given that that's the law? Yeah. eBay is trying out a feature that uses computer vision to show similar items for sale. The example in their video is a green pair of sneakers. A prompt called Looks Like This will let you find other items that the AI deems similar. Could uh, be the same item under varying names or show uh, in different shades. The feature is available for Android and iOS, eBay apps in Australia, Germany, the UK, and US. Took me a while to wrap my head around this one because... It's not just saying, hey, you like green sneakers. Would you like to see other green sneakers? Because that already exists on eBay. There's a In that same drop-down menu, there'll be a thing that says green sneakers, and you can click on that. This is saying, hey, would you like to see things that look like this? They may not be called green sneakers. Uh, and I'm not sure sneakers is their best example, but but the idea is like, I, I want you know, things with yellow ducks in them, maybe. Uh, and, and so show me more things with yellow ducks and it'll, it'll show you more of those. Cause in their example, there's like, Oh, maybe you want green sneakers, but they're not dark green like that one. They're lighter green or whatever, but they have the same style. It's, it's a slightly different take on it. I can't tell if it's useful for me or not. Yeah, me either. Uh, we were talking about this before the show and I was like, well, I mean, Amazon does a lot of this and eBay, as you mentioned, Tom does as well. But okay, if I really wanted to complete an outfit, and again, we're still using clothing as an example here, but I wanted, I don't know, gold shoes, which is something I always want. If I saw a photo of gold shoes and eBay gave me like 10 other uh, photos that were kind of similar or, or images rather that were kind of similar, that could come in handy. Um, I'm not sure how much it's going to come in handy for anything that's not about color coordination 
But maybe I just haven't thought about this through. No, I mean, I would say for collectors and stuff like that, if there's a specific thing that you that you want, you're trying to find, uh, then finding oh, different versions of it, uh, cheaper versions, specifically in eBay, where there are a lot of people that, I mean, the theoretically, many of the items are listed and then go away, sometimes permanently. So uh, uh, th- I think that there is a use for it. Ultimately, if people can find it and use it and they get worth out of it, then it is better for eBay. It costs eBay just the the time and effort to develop these tools. Uh, and then whether or not the users use them, you know, that that's a different story. But they want to provide as many tools, relevant tools as possible. Yeah, uh, our friend Patrick Norton bought a uh, DeKalb corncob trophy off eBay many, many years ago. And I tried to look for one just out of curiosity one day and trying to describe it was really difficult. If I had a picture of it, yeah. But there's a little chicken and egg there because I would have had to find it to have the picture of it. But anyway, you know, I, I get I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is if you're the person who says, yes, this is the feature I've been waiting for on eBay, please email us feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. All right. If this were April 1st, you might be forgiven for dismissing this next story, which is apparently a very real product and not a joke. The fire vase. It's a flower vase that you can throw toward a fire <laughs> like a grenade in order to put that fire out. The fire vase was produced by a Samsung subsidiary called Chale Worldwide as a marketing effort. Chale is actually quite large company. But the vase actually works using an outer chamber that's filled with potassium carbonate that cools and suppresses oxygen when the vase is smashed. And then a smaller inner chamber then holds the water for your flowers because it's a vase you know, before you smash it anyway. Hmm. 100,000 fire bases were originally produced as part of a publicity campaign to promote the use of home fire extinguishers in South Korea. And apparently they've, they've gotten popular enough that they're doing another round. Another 200,000 are on the way. Uh, uh, Audio uh, audio listeners, please uh, uh, excuse my giggle. There is an amazing (laughs) gif uh, along with this, this story that is as a man uh, uh, appropriate for opening day baseball season, just giving a a, a right down the middle. Yeah. Yeah, Just a two seam fastball with this, (laughs) with this vase into a roaring fire that puts it out immediately. Yeah. Conveniently, when there's a roaring fire in the middle of your living room, now when you have this vase, you can save your family. Uh, Sarah and I went down a rabbit hole earlier when she discovered this story uh, about Chael Worldwide, uh, because the Verge story calls this Samsung. Chael is owned by Samsung, but Chael Worldwide is a marketing company. So this was meant to raise awareness about the importance and legal requirement to have a fire extinguisher in your house in Korea. Chael Worldwide did the opening and closing ceremonies of the 2018 Olympics. Uh, They do a lot of Samsung's uh, events and announcements. They do a lot of marketing for a lot of other companies. And they uh, also were were engaged to, to, you know, do a marketing campaign to raise awareness around fire extinguishers. This is pretty brilliant. I got to say, I want one of these. Uh, So do I. Uh, And that, my friends, is a Reich for fire. It's funny. We all agreed, except Roger, who was like, I just have regular fire extinguishers in my home. And I was like, yeah, there's that, too. The best fire extinguisher is the closest one to you. And if you are able to throw (laughs) one at a fire, uh, it's it's not going to hurt. Yeah. My fire extinguisher, I have to, I have to press. I can't just toss it like a vase at a fire. A, I mean, just just picking up a flower, you know, like a vase and just smashing it against the I wall. Mean, it just looks so satisfying. It does. I mean, you break it, it off like a curve. Yeah. There's an anxiety slider. thing going on here. Yeah. 
Uh, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. You're right. out of danger. <laughs> <laughs> tell you who's not out of danger of criticism is Huawei's networking equipment. Uh, since 2010... An organization that that acts independently of Huawei called the Huawei Cybersecurity Evaluation Center examines hardware and software deployed in UK telecoms provided by Huawei for vulnerabilities uh, to sign off on it. And it generally does sign off on it and say, yeah, this is acceptable for use in the UK. In 2014, uh, a board chaired by the National Cybersecurity Center in the UK, headed by Karen Martin, began overseeing the work. The board is made up of UK governmental representatives, uh, Huawei company representatives, telecom representatives, and it's a way to say, okay, we're going to take the work that the HCSEC does and interpret it uh, and, and provide an annual report. Now, last year's report raised some concerns over vulnerabilities saying, you know, we, we found some, some holes, we, we found some things that ought to be patched, but did not find evidence of any state-sponsored espionage. Okay, we talked about that last year on the show and said, you know, this is a good thing. They're, they're finding bugs. Now Huawei can go fix them. This year's report found, and I quote, serious and systematic defects and slams Huawei for not doing enough to fix the vulnerabilities. In fact, a lot of times they found the same vulnerabilities they found last year. The report says that all the issues found relate to basic engineering competence and cybersecurity hygiene. And the NCSC, uh, that's the National Cybersecurity Center, the Oversight Board, does not believe that the defects identified are a result of Chinese state interference. However, no material progress has been made by Huawei in the remediation of the issues reported last year. So to sum up, they're saying, we found a bunch of bugs. Uh, A bunch of them seem to be the same ones from last year that you don't seem to have made any progress fixing, but we're still not finding any, any evidence of any kind of state interference. However, the report does note that even with these bugs, there are architectural controls that networks can put in place that limit exploitation of network elements not explicitly exposed to the internet, and that those controls, along with good OPSEC or operational security, are critical to managing residual risks. So they're stopping short of saying these are so bad you shouldn't use them. They're saying you should know that there's some vulnerabilities in here. They can be managed. Uh, which, you know, if you don't work in technology, that may sound crazy to you, but that's pretty much every device in technology has some vulnerability that you have to manage. Okay. Uh, the report says it will be difficult to appropriately risk manage future project products in the context of UK deployments until Huawei's software engineering and cybersecurity processes are remediated. Essentially, they're saying, look, they didn't make any progress this year, so we're not going to promise that this isn't going to get worse because there's no evidence that they're going to do anything to fix what's here and more vulnerabilities are likely to crop up. Huawei promised to spend $2 billion fixing the bugs last year. The oversight board currently had not seen anything to give it confidence in Huawei's ability to bring about change via that transformation program. And the board said it would need sustained evidence of better software engineering and cybersecurity quality to change that assessment. So this report says you're going to have to really show us something other than saying, yeah, we're still going to spend that $2 billion if we're going to change our assessment next year. Huawei, of course, once again promised to invest that money to improve its capabilities and says it takes the concerns in this report very seriously. Huawei even uh, tried to say, hey, you know what? We're under closer security than any other telecom vendor out there. Uh, so that's good news. It means we're, we're finding more stuff that can be fixed, except this report says that they haven't been fixing it. 
So there, there we are, Justin. I mean, my summary of this was you get what you pay for. Huawei's equipment is cheaper, but it's also full of bugs and it doesn't seem like Huawei wants to fix it. Uh, and so if you're considering using Huawei in your telecom uh, infrastructure, you should. that's the first thing you should consider is the quality of the software engineering and the hardware engineering. Absolutely. Now, there's also the subtext here that Huawei has specifically come under fire in the United States as uh, a possible backdoor for the uh, uh, people's army of China and Australia uh, uh, that hangs over kind of every Huawei story. The stakes here being that as we continue to move toward a more 5G for everything uh, internet connected world that that this would be something that could be a major coup for China if let's say theoretically that there was some kind of vulnerability or backdoor. There is no evidence to say that that is the case here, uh, but any Huawei story has that uh, uh, hanging, you know, b- uh, around it, and 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 it's it's part of the reason uh, why we talk about it. That being said, I think that you hit the nail on the head. Maybe the argument shouldn't be, "Hey, Huawei is going to hand over literally every bit of data that we transmit to each other to the Chinese," but rather we shouldn't use Huawei because it's bad. <laughs> and 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 to be fair, the report doesn't say it shouldn't be used. No, but it doesn't glow. It doesn't recommend this equipment as like, yeah, no, this is great. This is great stuff. Uh, good good bargains out there. Uh, and and also, we're not getting the same level of scrutiny, Huawei's right, on Cisco equipment or, or Nokia equipment or Ericsson equipment, uh, the whatever other brands of equipment are under consideration out there. Uh, but that said, uh, you, you know, you do take the information that you have into, into consideration here. And yes, 5G infrastructure is the infrastructure currently being built out. And so a lot of decisions made about infrastructure are being made now that will stick around for a few years. Uh, so so folks want to make these considerations carefully. I, you know, I look at this and I'm like, yeah, you can implement this safely. I'm sure it's not great, but I would think twice about it simply on on the idea of I get what I pay for. Uh, maybe I want to go with some other uh, networking equipment because I just don't see that the exploits are going to be as hard to defend against. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like what happened, like five years from now, are we going to be looking back onto these stories and saying, they told us, they said, they said it would happen. You know, we should have gone with a different company. I don't know the answer to that, but I mean, I think that's, that's the worry, right? If it's banned, it's banned. If it's not, but there are strong warnings against, a, you know, a bunch of hardware and software stuff that lots of people are using, then, you know, it's sort of like, okay, well, what, what's, what's, What's the worst result that can happen down the road? Well, because that's the other thing is that you're not using it because you choose it as an end user, right? You're using it because that's what the infrastructure is built out on. Yeah, and- I think that's over-exaggerated. Well, you're not really using it either. Uh, it's 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 being used on the, on the network level. You're more likely to be affected by a switch going bad or malware being put on your actual device than, than being affected by this. Oh, oh but- sure. Yeah. But you have an interest in it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's not something that you get to choose, I guess, is my only... Yeah, yeah. My only... Well, that's always well, some, Something yeah. that people do get to choose is whether or not they want to be part of our subreddit. And the people who do have the most fun, you can submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. Join our group there as well, facebook.com slash group slash dailytechnewsshow. All right, let's take a look at the mailbag. 
Let's do it. Sherry passed along some news plus archive advice because we were talking about what is the deal with archived magazines and do they not exist or do they? Sherry says, just listen to episode 3497. And towards the end of the show, you were talking about old magazine versions in News Plus. They were only available on day one. They were, but it took me a while to find them. If you search for the magazine you're interested in, it'll appear on the left sidebar. Then you select the magazine. Then on the right side, the issues will run along the top. You have to do a lot of search versus in the News Plus area, which only contains the recent issues. In conclusion, Sherry says, as a UX designer, I think Apple should reconsider how they created this interface. And Tom, we went through this before the show because we wanted to make sure that we understood what Sherry was saying. And it sounds like this is the iPad app, not the iOS app. Yeah, what Sherry's describing where you have a sidebar is the iPad version of the news app. Yeah. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers... Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. From Apple. If you go right, into the, the iPhone app. No, she's describing the iPad version of News Plus. Right. Uh, if you go into the iPhone version of News Plus, there is no search bar on the News Plus screen because there's no sidebar. You have to go into the following tab, which isn't clearly part of news plus uh but that's where your search tab is then if i search wired magazine and i click on tap on wired i will get recent issues and they will go back um looks like they go back all the way to march of last year so they give me a whole year's worth of archives so there you go you do have the archives in there uh it's just not immediately obvious how to find them um, but you can find them. And that's why I liked Sherry's last line of her email the best. <laughs> I think Apple should reconsider how they created this interface because yeah. there's no there's no obvious way to search from the News Plus tab. And the other two tabs are not News Plus. They're, they are the things you get even if you don't subscribe to News Plus. 
Yeah, and how is it not a universal app? That's mm-hmm. hard to understand. Well, it is a universal app. It's just and, and well, universal okay, apps but do it's this. not. Universal, but it doesn't. No, no. You know? Universal apps will 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 show different navigation of the screen size. That's why they're universal apps. Is it's the same app adapting its interface to the screen size. That's that's not so much of the problem. The problem is that the iOS version of the app just doesn't make it clear how to do that at all. Okay. Well, I will. I will. I will then say the universal app that is not universal when you look at it <laughs> not, is not, problematic. Not, yeah, that does not have easily to understand universal features that are in similar places. Right. Uh, somebody who has very universal features, Justin Robert Young, <laughs> thank you for being with us. Um, <laughs> you're nothing if not consistent. Uh, let folks know where they can keep up with all your work. Oh, uh, well, you can go ahead and get my free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Uh, five days a week, five stories a day, mostly gifts, sometimes hot takes. Check it out, folks, freepoliticalnewsletter.com and uh, join our Patreon. Uh, we are just a couple of days from the end of the month and we need tw- a dozen, round dozen folks uh, to join up in order to have one more subscriber a member at patreon than last month we always lose a few towards the end of the month because people are looking at their bills and and the majority of the people who are leaving are saying in their exit surveys it's financial thing uh so if you can make it up for them and you want to get roger's column that comes out on thursdays uh my editor's desk that'll come out saturday morning i'm going to be talking about how i correct for my own biases a little bit uh all of that is available to members at patreon.com slash dtns so help us get us over the line to one more patron than last month at patreon.com slash DTNS. If you've got burning feedback for us, our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. If you'd like to join the show live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern 2030 UTC is where to put it on your calendar and find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Rob DeMillo and Len Peralta will be illustrating. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag. A watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.